0: If you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Towier Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeearguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S dot U-S, and contact Ed today.
1: Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you
0: can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchorfm Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, 499 or 9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. To recording podcast, episode fifty-five. What's going on, Neil?
1: What's up, man?
0: Another night, man. Another great guest. We got a we got a very interesting guest tonight. He's got uh he's got interest and activity and a lot of the things we like. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One being bourbon, another being music. And uh then I also, you know, I'm not I can't quite Figure out what artist formula, what all is offered there. So we'll talk about that some too. But we've got Tyler Boone with us. What's up, Tyler?
2: Hey guys, what's what's shaking?
0: Thanks for joining us. So we obviously tonight we are having Boone's bourbon.
2: That's awesome. Where'd you guys find it?
0: We bought it online.
2: Okay, bought it online. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think. Uh, I can't think of the place that that I, I found it on, but I uh, bought it online, had it mailed, and. You know, anytime you have alcohol delivered, you have to be home because you have to sign for it. So it took about three trips before I finally got it. But it got here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Tyler, you are the first bourbon on our podcast that's not a Kentucky bourbon. We yeah. made, we made an exception for you.
1: Yeah, you're actually breaking Brad's rule. I mean, He made it our <laughs> rule once we started it. Yeah, he, he. This is a this is a first. So congratulations on breaking the breaking the glass ceiling you here on the podcast.
2: Yeah, we've Break got a musician
0: woman. who also, yeah, yes, also created your own bourbon. So, I mean, how could we pass that up? Yeah, I
2: had to drink it. Yeah, I had to do that. So, right. cheers, well, uh, here we
0: go. Cheers, Tyler.
2: Cheers. We're going to be, a, we're going to be in Kentucky soon. So, um, that's going to be awesome. Very excited. Is about that right? That. Yeah. I mean, have you guys ever been to, uh, have you ever heard of it? It's called the Trifesta. They do uh, Louder Than Life uh, Bourbon and Beyond and Hometown Rising. It's a three week, three weekend back to back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were supposed to sponsor it last year. I was so excited; it was going to be literally the biggest thing we've ever done. Right as a, as a sponsorship. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, that's huge. And then
2: COVID, you know, so that that all went away. But what ended up actually coming out of it was cool. And so we became buddies because so the so you do all three of them. Hometown Rising, if you're listening, is the country one. And then Ladder and Light is that which mm-hmm. you, what what you call specifically active rock, so it's like uh, Metallica, which Metallica plays it, and then um, you know like heavy rock. And then uh, the last one, Burn Beyond, is what I would consider like AAA music, which is a radio format that I always go to radio with, which is like Foo Fighters and the Revivalists and Tom Petty, and you know it's pretty pretty broad, right? Um, and so uh, we're gonna do all three of them, and they canceled, and then Fred Menick was a part of it right and so he's like the biggest whiskey influencer and so he uh uh yeah. you know just innovated and so with all the brands that are going to be involved at all of them but you know more specifically burn beyond and us specifically we were going to be at like all the special bars like all all there's like a whole bunch of burn bars but Boone's is going to be at all of them and they're going to kind of showcase us because it's like a new brand so it's exciting because everybody wants to try something new um and so he did a thing uh called uh, repeal day Repo Day Expo is what he called it, which is on December 5th. Every year, it's a prohibition thing, right? It's when they let everyone start drinking again uh, years ago. And so uh, it was a live virtual music festival. And so um, actually, well, from that recording, the live video and the album, I just got the masters back, we're going to be dropping an album from it. So it was like two birds, one stone. We did an album, but we also did a virtual performance for all these people that bought tickets to like this online avatar world and i thought it was so weird i was like who the hell is gonna buy tickets to that but (laughs) dude, they sold out man it was like a couple thousand people and so what you you did is you walked around as this little video game and it was like a convention center like you can walk into the convention center and then you can go walk down to the beach and that's where the concert was at and so you couldn't you know you had to actually run to the thing to go check out the next event you had like a calendar it was you know it was pretty cool people were into it and then obviously they wanted us there so like i'm walking around and it says boones bourbon tyler boone and so people just run up to you and they're like hey what's up dude i'm from you know, I don't know uh north carolina like what's going on and so it was it was neat man so that's
1: crazy
0: that is you could talk to them or was it like a chat chat box like a- no you
2: could if like like how how we're talking right now wow and so i, and so I did it all day and it was and like it was funny you would walk by people and you could hear people's steps uh, and then like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you could hear the conversation kind of like pan out from left to right as you walked by them, you know, so you that's could hear them talking. Um, were there any friends? fights? Uh, no, no, people got, people got hammered, you know, there, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was really cool, and so, uh, but now we're going to be doing, uh, they are doing their best to bring that back this year, but the only one that's coming back is only, I mean, they're all three going to come back one day, but uh, if it happens this year, it's only going to be louder than life. So, uh, because of that, they want us to sponsor it again. And so, R and Kentucky is very interested because they were interested last year because of it, um, which is huge. R and D C is like the like biggest distributor. Them are yeah. so important. And so, uh, yeah, man. So we should be in Kentucky soon. Like, I, I have. I just got back from Tulum, Mexico last night. I've never been. Uh, I'm actually exhausted, <laughs> <laughs> um, and my head kind of hurts. Uh, Mexico is freaking nuts, man. But, uh, I got kind of scared sometimes. I was like, holy shit, I am in Mexico. Um, but, uh, but, um, anyway, what I'm getting at is I have so many emails and I saw that they emailed me back. So we should be in uh, Kentucky soon, but you know, I, forgive me guys for asking, but just because I've been traveling and so much stuff to do today, uh, where are you guys located?
1: Huh? Funny that you ask Louisville, Kentucky.
2: Yeah. Oh, so you guys are from, so that's why is that, that's gotta be the rule, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why. But yeah, you're talking about a a festival that's in our backyard here. So I, you know, we uh, we had it had a double uh, night of Metallica booked last year. It was going to be a huge run of festivals, and it was a a huge economic generator uh, for the city uh, in a major way, and especially you know, bourbon and beyond is so bourbon and music centric, which is which you know is right up your alley and our alley. So uh, it, it was such a good marriage of, of things. So and, and being in the bourbon industry, when that shut down, how did, did that really kind of hurt the rollout of the new product?
2: Um, I mean, you just had to innovate. Right. So yeah, I remember, I mean, we all remember it's kind of like, you know, any major event, you remember where you're at. Right. And so, I was living in I live in downtown San Pedro now, which is Los Angeles. But um, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. I used to live in Nashville too, um, and we make the bourbon in Charleston. Um, but with Ed Straight Pig Distillery, that's the name of the distillery. But um, I was in Hollywood, and it was just crazy, man. I remember that day. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, you know what? What are we all going to do? You know what I mean? And so, and so the thing that everybody lost, if you're not like Jack Daniels or you know Bullet or Elijah Craig or something. Is you lost all your bars, right? So that was because the the ones that had it that were able to make it, they're not going to keep. You know, maybe we you know we we didn't lose all of them, right? But we lost majority of it, and we lost the opportunity to get into more because they're just going to do their best to operate and stay available. You know what I mean? So they're just going to keep ordering their whiskeys and stuff for people that were getting to go drinks or whatever. They weren't going to bring in like a nice new high end product, right? We had a bigger year than we had the year before. We didn't have the big year that we wanted, but we actually went up in sales just a little bit from the year previous in 2019. So that oh, was a good sweet. attestment to us. And we were able to show distributors that. And like we hustled our ass off. And what we did is we just, we were always promoting online, but um, I was like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to just take all our money and just promote this, this thing insanely on socials. We took like a bet on it. And it really worked, man. And so now our socials are insane all the time. Like we have like a Boone's Bourbon Club. There's a million of those clubs on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and ours is like about to hit four thousand soon. It grows like over 100, 200 people a week. And so we oh, let everybody yeah. we let everybody post in there about bourbon. It doesn't have to be about Boone's Bourbon, right? But it's our club. So um, and then you can post about music. Obviously, I get those, and I'm learning about it. And I've seen before in other clubs. You know, people. You know, when they want to join a group, you can. They give you Facebook gives you all their information of like. This person just joined Facebook like two hours ago. I'm like, oh, this person's just probably someone in a different country where they go, hey, you want to buy some bottles? Hit me up. So that's like a big scam all across those groups. You know, I mean, have you guys seen that before? No, no really? Yeah. So some, there will always be some guy in there. And so there's we have a guy last week where he's telling people, you want some Boone's burn bottles? Hit me up. And I'm like, who the hell are you? You want some Boone's burn bottles? Hit me up. <laughs> 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 I got all the yeah.
0: boons, and bottles I need. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, you have to like block those people out because what they'll do is they'll they'll just get, it's just some guy in a different country, probably. And he's like, here's my PayPal, give me this much mm. money, I'll, you know. Then then he disappears, you know. So, um, but yeah, we just focused online, dude. And uh, and one thing we end up getting was we we got a national broker team. That's who I was on the phone with. That's why I was like a little late to this call. Um, we we have our calls on Monday, is because. Uh, we're such like a, you know, we're not, we're not slinging like cheap whiskey. It's a nicer high end bourbon. Um, and a lot of, you know, all the big guys all have their own teams. Right. So the other teams that are, that are pretty damn good, you know, they're, they're trying to find another product that's, you know, that's good. Right. And so we found a national broker team where they have this this whole network all across the country. And so this is going to be like a life changing year, Hopefully, is what you know. We're working, you know, I work like 18 hour days, dude. And so, oh, wow. the, the goal is, uh, um, to really crush it this year, man. Like, we, you know, we, we, we came out with 175 bottles during COVID, um, because we got an SBA loan. And so, that was cool. So, and you know, if you spend all the money, right, you technically don't have to pay it back. I'm about to find out, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, we have once we have like half gallons and then we have minis and we have 750, you know, so, and then the, the next, the next thing, uh, you know, we're doing is uh, we want to do pints and stuff, but or half pints. But um, yeah, man, it's just uh, it was just COVID to fully answer your question. We just we it, we were freaked out, but um, you know, also too, other parts of the country were not completely closed all the time, so you kind of focused on them. And now we're in eighteen to twenty states. We're about to be in twenty five. So, and it's it's going to be three years come May. So um we moved really fast, man. So and we won double gold New York too. So we won double gold New York. This is the big thing that really kind of transformed at least the the label was last and last winter we we randomly got double gold New York. Only six brands of the whole world get it. And it was us, Elijah Craig, Jim Beam, single barrel, uh two redemptions. Uh, that's a good us. company. Yeah, so but we were if you go look at the article, you know, it says top six so Forbes then Said top six bourbons in the world according to the New, uh, New York International Spirits Competition, and it was randomly Boone's Bourbon, and it's a blind test too, right? And so the, you know they just and then it was COVID too, so it was a super blind test. They just dropped it off at all these people all across whatever all the judges and stuff, and they just tasted it. And they they sent in their their like their, their notes, and we got freaking double gold. You know, it's, we have gold Las Vegas, but that was 2019. But a double gold is huge. So then when Forbes gave us top six in the world. That's when all this kind of shit, all the buyers before, all the people that hated us online, you know, because that's a huge thing in the bourbon world, uh, all these forums and stuff. Because and, they're like, who the hell am I? Like, you know, you're not a distiller. You don't know what the hell you're doing. I'm like, "Nah, man, this isn't like a, a an endorsement deal. I literally started the brand in 2015 and when I was broke living in Nashville. And then uh, 2018, we finally launched it in Charleston. And, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We didn't know what a, a distributor was, you know but we just figured it out. you know. It was kind of like going to to grad school, dude. I just I, I just researched every day how to do it. It took a long time. When I did this big, I did a uh, podcast with Fred Minnick on it. It was funny how he ended it. He goes, so it sounds like it's really freaking hard. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, it's a lot of work. So that's it. How
1: in the world did you, did yeah, you even get, get started in the bourbon That's industry? what I want to hear. In like, 2015, what was it that, that sparked you to go, you know what I, I, you know what what I don't have I want? Bourbon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't my idea. Uh I had um I had a really big management I won't say who it is because there's some drama there actually. Um the guy's kind of a weirdo. Um, but I had a really big uh management deal offering kind of coming my way and it was kind of weird in the first place anyway, because I wasn't what they were looking for. It made no sense. Like I'll like I I'll I'll do a lot of dates, like I have done a lot of dates with like Will Hogue. Right, he's Americana. It's mm-hmm. not exactly country, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can you consider him country, but he's not bro country. He's not yeah. the CMA awards. No, so the, this big manager, uh, and I'm just gonna say, like, massive. This guy can change your life, right? Uh, he was like, hey, uh, you know, we want to, you know, let's, let's kind of do this the whole court song and dance thing. And so at the end of it, uh, other than him being a weirdo, he was, you know, basically like, hey, this is only a bro country thing. And so, you know, if you're not doing that, then that's it. Like if you want to do, if you want to come us to manage you and you want to be the next, I don't know, John Mayer or something, right? Uh, that's, that's not going to happen. And so eventually I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. Right. And so we didn't work. Uh, but I had all these meetings because if I mentioned his name, everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, agents and talent buyers and blah, blah, blah. But also to the people I was meeting with as well, they're also in the bro country world. So it didn't make any sense anyway. But during that time, some guy came along, was actually my friend's dad. Uh, And he was like, Hey man, with all this crazy buzz going on, you should start a spirit with your name on it. If you figure it out, I'll, I'll pay for it. And everyone kind of always assumes I'm country for some reason. I mean, I'll take it. Right. But I'm not the broke country thing. Mm -mm. I'll do like songwriter stuff, but um, with slide guitar and all that stuff on it. But, um, but anyway, that that was it, man. And so I was broke as like broke. So freaking broke, dude. I just graduated college, just moved to Nashville. I was living in Harry Potter's closet on Music Row. I <laughs> uh, had, eventually had to get a roommate because I couldn't afford the rent anymore. And I was working at a liquor store called uh, Midtown Cork Dorks on Church Street in Midtown. And it's, a, it's one of the best liquor stores in Nashville. There's that and Frugal's. Um, they're like the big ones. And, you know, it was like a nice liquor store. You know what I mean? Like you walk in and they have classical music going on because they sell a whole bunch of wine. Uh, but they had a massive bourbon selection. And I was kind of like, I, I, I kind of didn't know. I was 25. I didn't really know that there was such a culture to it, right? And so, obviously, if you work there, you're like, "Well, you got to learn about it." And so, I was like, you know, trying to start it, and so I just kind of would study all the all the brands in there, and you kind of started learning, like, you know, where they all come from. Not all bourbon comes from Kentucky. Uh, A lot of people source it. You know what I mean? And that was a big thing I learned about. A lot of it comes from MGP. You know what I mean? And then people mess with it. Um, And so uh, I, the thing that by by the way to do it is you got to get your cola which is um, which is the brand, the bottle, like the label, right? And you submit it to the government and basically it's kind of like just all these regulation stuff and they want to make sure you're not copying somebody. And what was kind of funny when peerless came back out like a year or so ago, uh, people would kind of hit me up but like, hey, this kind of looks similar to yours because our the, the, yeah the, it logo, does. the logo kind of goes like that. but you know, but peerless was also out. Forever ago, I guess, during Prohibition, but whatever, it's not exactly the same. Right. And I'm just giving an example because someone pointed out to me. I was like, oh, it kind of looks the same. You know what I mean? But they won't, you know, if it looked just like Jack Daniels, you would get disapproved, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's what the cola is. So you get the cola. My friend Shannon designed it. Um, she crushed it. She lives in LA too. She's been an old friend of mine. Um, honestly, big attestment to her, she made that the bottle label looks so good. Um and so that was that was a huge thing for us. And then the homegrown thing at the top that came from me living in Charleston, like I used to do a lot of shows, like the guys from Hootie. Uh, I used to manage a band called Driving and Crying, big Southern rock band. Um, mm. Yeah,
0: what's that big song, Driving and Crying song?
2: Uh, uh, Fly Me Courageous. Straight- Fly Me
0: Courageous. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And then Darius' record cut Straight to Hell, not too long ago, uh, with yeah. Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan. That was a big deal for him. Yeah. Um, and so just living in the South, saying homegrown, like Zach Brown says that, you know, and all, he calls his festivals homegrown. Um, so I was like, well, you know what, we need to throw that on there. So, you know, it gets a nickname of homegrown Boone's bourbon, which is cool. Um, but you get the cola, you get your federal, federal is very easy to get. Um, and that's it. And then the last thing you need to get is your state and that's super hard. Right. Um, and so, well, it's super hard because it costs money and then it's all this, these, how do you warehouse it? Where does it come from? And for me, I was, you know, I had no freaking money, man. So, uh, I didn't have a warehouse, I had an apartment you can't do that. So. Um, eventually, uh, 2015, four to 2017, uh, I had to move back to Charleston because I, I had like a very crazy eye thing going on, and there were only the few doctors in the country. One of them lived in my hometown, Charleston, that did it, did this very crazy experiment eye surgery. So I went home for it. I had that done, and um, I was going to move back to Nashville because all my friends are still there. And I was like, well, that's where I got to be. And then uh, when I was recovering, I just hit up. I was just kind of hitting up the stores because I wanted to get that done because I always kept thinking. I was like, if I can start a bourbon brand, it can help my music career because it just kind of makes me look more of a serious artist, right? Like I have a bourbon brand, you know, and then if it, then obviously it's a business like that'd be great if I owned a business, right? And so uh, I found Stripe Pig Distillery, emailed them and they were like, hell yeah, we'll do this because a lot of distilleries. They white label other brands because you know you, it's a lot of money to, to start a distillery. You got you got to buy all the stuff, right? Yeah, and then you got know what the hell you're doing. And so um, they're like, "Yeah, man." And I was like, "Well, you know, the last thing I need is a uh, is a state license." And they were like, "You know, just hungry for more business." They're like, "Yeah, man. Well, you can use our state license." I was like, "Oh my god, let's do it!" And so then it took me about a year to get the money. And then my dad, being retired, he was like, "Hey, man, like I'm bored." can I be a part of this? I was like, yeah, I just matched my money. Right. And, uh, so he, he put it in the, the final payment to get in, to get like the, like the bottles and stuff like that. And so then, uh, me and him launched on our own. And two months later, like we, we sold out a product pretty damn quick too, locally in Charleston. Right. Cause it was, it was mm-hmm. cool. Like, Oh, check out this new product. It was only like 220. I think I remember it was like 223 cases. Right. And then, uh-huh. uh, but so the idea is well, all right, cool. Well, we're just going to not ever touch this money that we just made and then put it back into it and just keep multiplying it. And this is going to take forever. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then what ended up happening and this is how we kind of accelerated in the beginning was then this lady, Pixie Paula, an amazing entrepreneur. She has a company called Local Choice Spirits. She also is majority shareholder of a company called Terracentia, and they're just like MGP. They're in Charleston as well. They help make like Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door, uh, Chicken Cock Whiskey, Dixie Vodka. They they mass produce liquor just like MGP does, and so uh, she has both those companies. And so she bought the Pig and the Distillery Stripe Pig. And so she came to us like, "Hey, I'm the new owner." Like you know, uh, you know, some of the guys from the Pig stuck around for all, a couple of years, um, and uh, after that, they're all gone now. But but what I'm getting at is, she came to us. She's like, "Hey, you guys have a really good brand." I don't really have a really good bourbon whiskey in my portfolio that's like in your category. Like she has like cheaper brands, but not like in, like, you know, we're like a $43, we, we try to aim for, 39 dollars on a retail shelf. Um, she's like, you know, if you give me part equity in the company, then I will then give you all my state licenses and compliance. And then I will also do a little shipping and I will also pay for cost of goods. But you guys pay for marketing and you go crush it. And so I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And so for me touring the first year, we got into, you know, it's not, it's not like we're making tons of money, guys. You know what I mean? Like we we would just yeah. get entry into a state, right? Mm-hmm. And then they would pick up like 20 cases. And then, they're like, you know, it's kind of like a test. Like, all right, here's right, we'll pick up 20, go move them, you know? And yeah. then we had to spend all our money just to move 20 cases. You know, it was a very, it's a very long thing, right? But we got into 13 states because I would go play like in Atlanta. I'd go play like, uh, Eddie's At Attic open up for Donovan Woods, amazing songwriter. Donovan, if you have never heard of that guy, check him out. He's from Canada. He wrote uh, like "Leaving Nashville," that um, the guy from Lady Antebellum, you know, put out. That's oh, his yeah. song. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Donovan Woods writes for a lot of big artists, but he's also his own artist, right? And I, I'm a huge fan of Donovan Woods. And so, like, I got I got asked to open up for him in Atlanta, sold out show. So I hit up a distributor. I'm like, hey, you want to pick me up? Like, I, I got 300 people come tonight to my show. And so they're like, hell yeah. Cause it's a, it's automatic. Like, hey, let's get the bourbon in the bar. And so that's how I did it for the first two years. Just trying to like chip away. Like, all right, Tennessee, do you want to pick up my stuff? Like we just got a better di- distributor in Tennessee too. I'm very excited. Cause now we're actually going to be like a real brand in mm-hmm. Tennessee. I've always wanted to crush Tennessee cause I, I used to live there. So we're going to get uh, Nevada soon. We're going to get Missouri soon. Uh, what's another one we're about to get uh, Colorado, but we're in California. Arizona. Oh, we're about to get Texas. Um, but we're in we're and then we're about to get hopefully soon uh Louisiana. That's a control state too. And what that is, is like the state controls the liquor. And that's a big deal if you can get into control state. Because then like, you know, you're on the menu for everyone to board, or that's all they can get. Um and then we're in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, that's also control state. Uh Tennessee, about to be Kentucky. Uh we are in Pennsylvania, that's a control state. Uh, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Maryland, uh, DC, which is cool, and that might be it. So, um, yeah, man. So, but we have a whole national broker team. So, like, obviously, I do. I, I do. <laughs> I do all the emails and phone calls. And I I'll go if I if if stuff's open before COVID, I'll go into like Costco or Total Wine because I deal with all the major retailers. Like, no one does that for us, right? Like, I do it. Uh-huh. Like, I find the buyer's name. I call them. Like, hey, what's up? I own a brand. And they're always like, "Yeah, who the hell are you?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" Like, I own it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, "We've been in Billboard before. We got these awards, you know." And then all of a sudden, they're, like, they're they kind of they kind of turn their heads a little bit, like, "Oh," because and I don't mean this in a in a negative way, but I'm just giving an example. Like, Darius Rucker has a whiskey, right? But um, it's not that's not his main gig, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it doesn't the label doesn't look too hot. Uh, they the label the the brand didn't work out in the first place. So then they try to. Flavor it like pecan and stuff like that, trying to save it. No one cared either because that's, you know, that no one really cares about flavored whiskeys anymore, you know? And so, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're in college, maybe, you know, but, um, and so then they did that and, you know, just no one cared, but he's not promoting it, right? And so, like, I've even walked in a distribution comp, like the one in Tennessee. That's always an example we always talk about. Like, yeah, like, you know, no one cares about that. I was like, yeah, but if you get me, I'll go promote it. Hey, I'm going to go. Uh, bottle sign all these 20 cases at this, you know, mom and pop shop, you know, cause we, we don't just care about total wine and stuff. You know what I mean? We'll care about everybody and I'll go hand sign them and people show up cause the, maybe the store owner's got his own email list and all their, all their, you know, the, like the, the homies, the guys that always come in every week that love the store, they'll all come in and they'll pick it up. And you know, it's a, it's a whole thing, man. It's been a very uh, big learning curve too, about how special that world is too, because you got to be super transparent about what your product is if you try to be like yeah you know like like when bell Mead came back out of nashville uh they weren't very transparent i remember that this is years ago and then it came out it was mgp right obviously they make their own stuff too but like their main bottle right and um, the one that's all across the country and so like people got pissed you know obviously it's still a huge brand people still buy it but you don't want to ever piss off the you know the fans it's like the guys that are obsessed with you know with with Kiss or something like super fans, right? You don't want to ever piss off super fan bourbon fans. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, you know, once you get a few awards and get that recognition, that kind of legitimizes your brand. And
2: when we got the Forbes thing and the double gold, and then we also got, um, it was September, 2019. I remember that when I, right when I moved uh, to Los Angeles, um, we got billboard. We had this random, awesome article saying like singer songwriter, you know, building his songwriting career with a merging bourbon brand or something. And like everybody saw that. And I was like, you know, both bourbon and music industry people. And that was really cool. You know what I mean? It's not like a, you know, we're just slapping a label on some stuff. We bought it at, you know, some cheap whiskey somewhere. Like it's a real bourbon. Um, If it's cool, I mean, I'll tell you guys about it, how we do it. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. we
2: We get it from, so now we get it from MGP, right? It's, we, we source it from Indiana it's a great product it's it's still the same mash bill same same everything so it's 117 proof you can actually if you tilt your glass and put a lighter in it you can actually light it on fire it's dope like <laughs> <laughs> a nice blue little flame yeah and actually smells pretty sweet when you do it uh, but it's 117 proof uh 75 corn 21 rye uh, well, well i wanted 75 corn 25 rye is what i wanted and then Johnny, one of the head distillers at the Striped Pig, he, he recommended, hey, let's do, a, like a, let's do something a little different, man. And so we, we went from 21 rye to 4 barley. And so uh, you get like a sweetness, spicy, and vanilla tone to it. I, me, my, like, personally, well, I was obsessed with bullet rye at the time because I was kind of like really blowing up then. I was like, well, I want, I don't want a rye. I want a bourbon, but I want rye in it. Um, but like, I'm not really a fan of too much of weeded bourbons. I always prefer the rye because I feel like it kind of pushes the notes further.
0: Mm-hmm. you know yeah
2: so um so yeah so that's what we did and then this is what we do now and we have plans now like we're about to start our own barrel program like we're getting bigger and it's going to be like our own stuff where it's not going to be sourced stuff right cuz now we now we have like you know the capital to hopefully start doing that kind of stuff but the main product is mgp then we bring it to Terra which is i mentioned before as Pixie Paul's other you know mass producing company just like mgp and they have this thing and it's it's very common that brands do this and if you haven't heard about it Check it out. Like just just Google it, and you'll see all these products that do it, um, and like big brands that are national, um, where they fast age stuff. And so we we get like a six to a year aged bourbon, right? Because for a bourbon, if you're listening, is six. It's, it's now six months in a brand new American white charo uh, American barrel, and then majority corn, right? And the barrel has to be brand new, of course, but uh, six months to a year. And then we bring it to Tarasantia and we fast age it. What fast ages is, is it's a big vat of, of your juice, right? And they put a whole bunch of burnt wooden staves in there and they blast it with oxygen. And it, scientifically it replicates the years of the bourbon going in and out of uh, the wood. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so it can make like a six to a year. It tastes like a five. And so that, and then now we're positive. Like, well, if we won the double gold, it's because this this formula of buying this really good product from MGP that we, you know, technically curated, we told what we wanted, right? And then we brought it to Terra Sanche and we did that. And then we bring it back to the pig, we do our final touches on it, and we bottle it. That's where it, I guess this pretty awesome and also very standard flavor profile. Like we want every bottle to taste the same, you know? So that's what we do now. It's been working great. And then we are now working hopefully on a rye release. And then, uh, on, on start doing our own barrel program, which is very cool because once you get a barrel program, I was just talking to our broker about a second ago. Um, it's kind of like you graduated from high school, and went to college, or something like that. You know, it's <laughs> like you, you know what I mean, as a brand, where it's like, hey, check it out, we got barrel picks, and all the stores that love the brand and that support us, they're gonna be like, I'll, I'll take that barrel because I could sell that in, in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. So um, so that's yeah. So anyway, so that's that's where we're at, man. That's how we do it. Um, it's very cool. So
1: So let's move into the music. I was just wondering, how in the world do you have time to even mess with music? Yeah, really. But we'll we'll
0: start. We'll start in on that. We uh we always start this podcast with uh, asking the guests to go back to childhood and just tell us a little bit about your first memories of music. And at what point did you realize music was also going to be, or not also? I guess that was the first love. But when was it going to be something important to you?
2: No, for sure, man. You know, actually, I was thinking about it on my flight back to LA yesterday from Mexico I was like man like I used to always dream being so I it was like being a kid at like 14 right and um, I had like remember those like 8 disc CD changers you had remember those things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I had my zip you know with all my CDs in it and I I used to make all those mixed CDs Uh, I had LimeWire totally destroyed my parents computer oh Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep and uh it was Blink One Eight Two. Is it, man? That's it was it was the heavy guitar, and I was like, man, that's freaking cool, dude. You know, and then watching the music videos it was like eighth grade. It was Blink One Eight Two. I bought my parents bought me like a cheap Walmart guitar, and then I remember I took a Sharpie, and I I you know because I was it was tabs right, and I, I bought all the tab books because at the CD stores back in the day that everybody went to, you know, they, when they used to exist you know they would sell tab books in there too, and so I had every single one. I still have them too, which is dope um i taught myself how to play guitar off like a little shitty amp that came in the in the package with the guitar and then when i got more serious into music I, I was in high school and so i was like you know guitar was my thing i always did sports but um like soccer and cross country and track and shit but uh but all my buddies in soccer and cross country and track you know there were a couple of us who were like, oh, I play guitar and so we started a really shitty garage band <laughs> and and the cool thing i remember this guy jesse he was the first kid i ever saw He had like a Berger amp and like an Ibanez guitar. And I had like a shitty, you know, I had shitty everything. I didn't have anything really that good. And he could, he could like play a solo, you know? And I was like, whoa, how the hell do you do that? Like I can play like a power chord, you know? And so uh, we started a band. We were really shitty, but everyone back then was obsessed with like metal. And so we were like a metal band. And so uh, I was in a metal for a long time. But I got guitar lessons, and this guy Tom DeLonge, rest rest in peace. He was the man. He got me into music school, um, actually for college. Um, he taught me like jazz, right? And he's oh. like, you know, I know. He's like, I know you want to learn how like metal stuff, whatever. But the way they do it is these scales, right? And then like he then he taught me all the all the dope, insane chords, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so which is funny, man. I eventually one like I could do a major nine seventh on top C sharp minor, you know. And I was like, "Hey, man! Like, I don't even know how to do like country chords." <laughs> He's like, oh, you don't know how to do G C D E? My? So then I remember I was funny. I was like, halfway through, I was like, "I How did we skip that?" <laughs> um, but uh, I eventually then uh, played in other bands and stuff, right? And then like it was, it was other like church rock band. I was in that for a minute, and we were like heavy, but um, but I started booking gigs, right? And so I was the, I was like the youngest guy in the band in that one. And, uh, like I remember I booked us a gig in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where we all, we all had free hotels. We had a recording session (laughs) for this benefit. And then it was like, it was weird. It was, it was this whole, and we got paid. Right. And, uh, and I was like, man, I can do that. that was cool, man. That was just me going on Wikipedia, not Wikipedia, um, Craigslist and finding gigs. That's, I was like, that was freaking years ago. I was like 17. That's insane. uh, yeah, yeah, so just that's pretty good. Ourselves. If your
0: first gig, you know, they give you hotel yeah. rooms.
2: How can you, bat, you
0: know, Dude, can't beat that?
1: Born salesman, I know, right?
2: <laughs> right? And my parents, my parents came with, obviously, because to drive us. Um, you got, yeah, you <laughs> got to
1: give our managers uh, a hotel
2: room as well. These are our roadies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? We didn't have cars. <laughs> then this is when it got serious for music. I was eighteen, and my dad bought me uh, a Crossroad Eric Clapton Crossroad DVD, mm. and. Uh, ZZ Top was a headliner in 2008. I remember that. And then I remember this, though, and I used to hate John Mayer. I was like, oh, that guy's so poppy and lame. Feels so like a metalhead. But, you know, I guess deep down he was always a guitar player, right? Oh, and yeah. And so he did, uh, and you know, he looks like a douche in it. He's wearing like two collared pop shirts and stuff. I
1: know exactly what video you're talking about.
2: He's, he plays uh, that song City Love, when he opens it up with... Uh, with a very you know their own jam version of machine gun jimmy hendrix right and so like drop d and you know it has got you know the, the band credit is so cool but i was watching i was like wait you can play guitar like that i didn't know like you can play without heavy distortion right and then but it's, it's jammy as hell people are grooving you know and um and it's just very uh you know it's got it has just so much rhythm to it right and so like him and the drummer are playing with each other you know what i mean And so I was like, holy shit. And it kind of changed my whole world because I was like, man, like, what is that? It's a Fender Strat? You know, like I didn't, what? I'd never seen, you know, I I just was not into that stuff. And so then my whole life changed. I sold all my, I had like a Gibson Les Paul with active EMGs and it was all black. It was metal. Sold that. (laughs) And my dad bought me a, uh, for my high school graduation, he bought me a Fender Strat 2008. I still have it. Um, Then I got it all modded out because I'm a huge guitar nerd. And so it has all, the pickups are all different. It's like a five way selector. All Strat's are. It's a three way, and like the pickups get all matched up, and the knobs do different cool stuff. And then like the we put Gibson pots in it, so it's like a real fat Strat. like because sometimes a Strat could sound like crap, mm-hmm. but it's real, it's real deep and, and fat. And so uh, then I bought like a Fender Blues Junior. I used to have like a half stack Marshall. You know, I sold that. My whole my whole trajectory of like what do I want to do change. And so I got really into like Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton. Uh, Doyle Bramhall II, he used to play with Eric Clapton and with Derek Trucks and, um, you know, blues and still blues music is number one for me now. And so, uh, I was in a band called me and my buddies, uh, from high school, uh, and jazz band. We're like, Hey, let's start a band. I graduated high school. They were still in high school and we were touring, dude. We were horrible, but (laughs) we were called, we were called Red House. And so we used to wear like white shirts and black ties and we played blues music and I could barely sing. I was, I hated it. I was so embarrassed. But, but when it came to playing, we rocked it. People loved it. And so we, were, we played all over South Carolina. We, we'd go play Atlanta, um, too, actually. We'd go up to Georgia, and then we'd go up to Charlotte. And so we did kind of like... And what's cool about the Southeast, and you guys know this, and there's, I did a big tour of the band from California. I booked the whole tour for them because like, it was my world, right? But um, you know, you could do tours in the Southeast. Bands love the Southeast because you could drive an hour, and then there's another rock club in a huge other town. Oh, right? Yeah. In California, Arizona, like, dude, no, you don't you don't play music out here. It's weird. There's not rock. I mean, there are clubs, but it's not the same. So bands love the Southeast. I love the Southeast. When the shit's back open, you know, I mean, I'm going to definitely go book some gigs. But um, So that's what we did, Red House. And then eventually that went away. And The bass player, we called him Papa John because he had a beard when he was like 15 in high school. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was like, dude, you should just call this Tyler Boone. And I was like, really? Because yeah, everyone knows it's your band. And I was like, okay. And so I started going under Tyler Boone and we got a different drummer, uh, our buddy Ivy Young. He's one of our best friends. And we started doing Tyler Boone gigs and I, we got another guitar player, Dan. And then I started recording music and it was kind of like demo stuff. Like, you know, I was, I always, you know, I was a lifeguard during the summers. I'd save all my money. And at the end of the summer, I'd like go book some studio time. And so then, you know, just kind of kept building off that and finding other producers. And, and then um, I was 21 and I did my first EP you know, that was the first time I had a song on the radio. It was very poppy. It was uh if you know the band Shinedown, yeah, yeah. so the bass player lives in Charleston, and so it was his studio. we're building the new studio too. It looks amazing. I'm definitely going to book some time there when they're finished because the new the last shinedown album Attention and Tension." if you heard it, in the beginning, they hear there's these footsteps. that's them walking up to our our studio door. I used to manage the studio for like eight years. Oh really. And so you hear the door go that's the old door. And then they start the album, right? So they did the whole album there. They did a couple singles there, like diamond eyes and stuff like that. But attention, Tension was done there. And so then eventually bass, uh, he's like, yo, I'm not going to stay at this. Cause we basically we were a slave to rent, you know? Oh, and yeah. so like I would book a band. This is Kickstarter days. So I was in college, man. It was the sickest gig because I could tell every girl I worked at a recording studio <laughs> and, uh, And I was like, Shinedown owns it, you know? And so we, but I'd I'd get a band, I'm like, yo, do a Kickstarter. And when this Kickstarter was huge, and like bands were getting 10 grand to make a record, you know? And so we had real budgets, right? But rent fucked us all the time, you know? And so, and like it would mess up my commission all the time. And so now what Bass did, he built a place on, you know, in a different part of Charleston where he's got a whole bunch of land and it's almost done. And I mean, it it looks beautiful. So, but I, I recorded there, I have my buddy Johnny Diamond. Rest in peace. He was, he was my first manager, and then he he passed away. But he uh, booked me there, and I, it kind of that changed my whole world too. Because I was like, all right, man, like all these bands want to be on the road forever because that's what you want to do, and that's how you and, you know that's you grow up watching DVD documentaries, and you're like, you know, you're on the road, you're on the road, but that'll kill you. You'll be so broke, you know, and uh, if you don't have a record, you have nothing, you know. And so uh, that's when I got into like, all right, you need to always save up and, and keep making albums or demos or or not demos I'm sorry like EPs or singles at least you know and it's now it's now kind of all about singles but but from then on man like just to fast forward to the rest of it I mean I I did move to Nashville and stuff like that and I did I did an EP in Nashville too but then I've done a lot of I did my jealousy EP back at the Shinedown studio and then I did Getting High Out Here Um, I I did Make It Right at that one too it's like an Americana single with Eric Rickert, Jeff Leonard they're like the engineers producers there they're awesome there's Eric Bass obviously but but when I did in High, though, I did it out here and uh, I just didn't really dig the mixing from the engineer. And so, but he, he captured really good sounds, right? Uh-huh. And so uh, I hit up Bass and I was like, yo, dude, like, and, you know, hoping he would say yes and I would just pay him. Uh, but he wasn't on tour, right? This is when, this is the middle of COVID. Like, we just recorded it and then like shit closed. And I was like, thank God we'd finish that up before COVID hit. Because in LA, everything was closed. You couldn't yeah, do
1: anything. Everything, yeah.
2: Um even studios, you know, people were obviously, you know, still doing it, but you couldn't really book studio time, you know? And so, uh, I hit him up. He's like, I'll mix it. He didn't even charge me. So uh-huh. and he made that song sound incredible. And so, um, but yeah, man. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, I, I got, I mean, I got endorsed by Taylor guitars, oh. endorsed by Magnatone amps. Um, you know, whatever, man, it's just been, now it's just, it's just, it's really cool because I live in LA. I have an amazing apartment. I and I was thinking about this on my flight home, I was like, man, like, you know, you always gotta like be grateful. And I'm so glad I went on vacation too, because I work too much. And you gotta like take a step back and appreciate what's going on. So um yeah, man, it's just really cool that I was just some kid and, and I grew up in a town called Goose Creek, South Carolina. And so now it's uh it's a full time <laughs> job, man. So it's cool.
0: Well, let's let our listeners listen to a uh hear a Tyler Boone song. I got moving on queued up. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: That's a cool tune. Uh we we were doing um we, I was living in Nashville and I was all my Charleston dudes. Uh, we got booked to play Firefly, which is like Bonnaroo or, you know, Bourbon and beyond and stuff. It's up in Do- uh, Dover, Delaware. And so, uh, that was like that year was like Kings Leon and Blink 182 and whatever. Mumford and Sons was huge, man. It was the biggest show I ever played in my life at the time. And so, uh, that band, we just had such a good time being on the road and, and being a little bit more, not sloppy where it's bad, but like just loose, you know, like, just kind of jamming out a lot more, you know? And yeah. so that was the band where I was like, dude, we got to do an EP together. And so I just wrote that song when I moved back to Charleston for a little bit, never recorded it. And so um, it's kind of, you know, it's got like a hook to it, but it's, it's it's you know, it's, it's all about the guitar playing. So that's what that song's, you know, it's cool about. It's about, moving on is about, you know, if, you know, obviously if you're down or something, it's just moving on And making sure you're doing What you want to do with your life You know what I mean And so for me It was music You know Because I, I, when I moved back From Nashville to Charleston I was really depressed You know Because I left Nashville And I was like Oh I didn't make it You know And so that's what That song's about
0: So Alright here it is Moving on I've been Was that one recorded at the uh, studio you just told us about?
2: Yeah, it was called. We called it Ocean Industries. This is Eric Bass's studio, Shine Down. Yep.
0: Yeah, you got one more thing going on. As if bourbon and music, uh, it, it's music related. But you've got another that I went to to the website to just to kind of try to get a feel for it. And man, it looks like a pretty uh, little complex thing you have going. So tell us a little bit about Artist Formula.
2: Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's, it is a full-time job. It birthed out of me managing, co-managing, I guess the correct term, uh, driving and crying. Big Southern rock band, Fly Me Courageous, Straight to Hell. Uh, when I was 27, when I moved back to Charleston, I remember, actually, I got a phone call from Tim Nielsen, the bass player. And uh, we met once, and all of a sudden I get a phone call and it says, Tim Nielsen. I was like, what the hell? He was play- They were playing in Charlotte that night as well, and I was playing in Charlotte too. We both had a gig. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, I want to talk to you. I feel like you just kind of know what the hell is going on. I was like, okay. And so uh, basically, they just kind of want, you know, they brought me in to just to do cool shit for him because he runs the band, right? And so when I came in, I did like Spotify, Instagram, YouTube. They don't do TikTok, obviously, but but we do TikTok stuff. And they're like better distribution and just more tightening up the things that you need to be doing to be more current online, really. Mm-hmm. With the band obviously, I did, I did other stuff too Like you know When Darius Rucker Started doing shows And Straight to Hell Came out I, I know their manager And I was like Hey let's book Kevin Kenny You know As the opener You know Or not the opener But he'll come out And sing Straight to Hell And everyone will flip out You know And so um, You know I did a whole bunch of stuff I actually booked them One of the last things I did I helped book them uh, With Hootie All across Europe uh, When Hootie came back together Like what Was it like 2019 When they did that um, But anyway When I Eventually moved out to LA and I ended it. You know all those things I was doing. I was like, well, my buddy Sean Carpenter, uh, who used to manage Will Hogue, his that's how I met him because I was doing shows with him. And his dad is the keyboard player in the nitty gritty Dirt Band, famous all- Americana band. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey man, like we should start like a, a la carte service company with all these things that we do, right? And so we started it and we named it Artist Formula. And we always had the idea for the logo to be kind of like a beaker with like green slime kind of popping out the side of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go to the website. It's got this cool little bouncy icon, you know, it, that's how it kind of came about. And I just kind of hate managing bands because uh, <laughs> they always want more, you know? And it's, and it's like, they all have this old mindset. Like, well, I got a man. And I hate that. When you meet somebody to go, well, my producer said, I can't do that because that's what, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or my manager said I, I should, you know, whatever. And, I'm like, dude, you are the CEO of your own freaking life. You are the songwriter. You're the artist. You should make the decision. And I, like, you know, there's, like, there's someone else, like, talking the other day, they're like, you know, I'm talking to all these, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of making up something here, like A&R people and, and, you know, managers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who cares, man? Like, what do you got going on? You know what I mean? And so that's why kind of like, you know, obviously I'd love to have a manager one day, but if I ever bring a manager back into my life, it's going to be someone that can actually add to it. Not like, you know, Hey, you know, let me just do your day to day for you. And so when, basically what I'm getting at is I was like, I'm done with that world. Right. And so I was like, this is all of the card stuff. So like, if you guys had a band, right. And you're like, all right, we want to boost our Spotify or Instagram, YouTube, whatever. We just have options, all of the card stuff. It's all made through ads or programs. Right. Because that world is super bad. There's so much bad stuff out there. Like, um, like, you know, and I'll just be transparent, man. Like we own and operate some of the biggest playlists in the world on Spotify, right? But uh, the, the way to do it is you do it through advertisement. And the way you do it is through Instagram ads, right? And if you know how to do it correctly and how to also make and curate the playlist correctly, you if you spend $500 a month on an Instagram ad uh, you, and you have like, I don't know, 15, 20 songs or something, in that playlist that are yours and the rest are all famous music. You can be like 20,000 monthly listeners. It's just off 500 bucks. And so you get all these saves out of it. It's, it's basically stuff that I figured out for my own career and I turn it into a service for other people. Okay. Hmm. Instagram is a big deal for us. Um, that is a huge deal because everybody wants big Instagram and I do not ever recommend anyone to run ads on Instagram. Uh, we have <laughs> programs for it. So, uh, where it, it brings your impressions up. You click like the insights and in, like the top, right, the spin wheel and then click insights. Uh, go to your impressions. That's when people go see your profile, right? If you have no impressions, that means no one cares about your profile. Right? So for me, if you go to my Instagram, I grow about a hundred people a day. So I'm at this morning, I was at 21,000.1. So I'll be at 21,000.2 tomorrow. And so I sell a whole bunch of bourbon stuff and people all the time are like, man, why are these people always tagging? Like, you know, people buy merch, Boones Burr merch and they'll tag me and I repost it. And yeah, it might be like a hot chick, but I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Or people buy bourbon, you know, and they'll take a picture. Hey, I just found this bourbon. I'm in Texas and they'll, they'll tag us. So um, it's a great marketing tool. So, and then we do YouTube and TikTok and then I have distribution. So like if you had an album you want to distribute, I have through KMG, which is the tech is through the orchard, which is like, like my, my opinion, the best distribution in the world for music. Um, I can release your record for you. So, and we don't we don't even charge for that. We just it's all based off sales. So, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's and it favors the artist. And then, you know, I do other things too. Like, you know, if the if your music's incredible, and I think I can do it, I can go get you on like some you know actual curated official Pandora list or title. Um, you know, so it's cool, man. So that's that's what artist Forum is. It's a and everybody wants it. There's no touring still, and so my, that business blew the f up, man. When Covid hit, so I was definitely okay, but I was stressed the f out because everybody has my number, <laughs> and uh, my my texts are like three hundred and forty today, and then people oh, just wow. call me. Oh yeah, dude. oh yeah, and and, and this is why I was so glad I went on vacation because I, I had I had a different aspect on life because I'm taking a vacation over a year, and I was down there, and I did not check my email one time. I never I've never done that, and I did not respond to texts. And you know, obviously, you're in Mexico, so you only had text, and you're like on Wi-Fi. But I was just like, no, man, like I'm a person too. Like I should be able to freaking relax, you know. And so, um, when I came back today, though, my away thing went off, and people started calling me all, you know, all over small things. I'm like, dude, just email me. Well, or they'll be like, did you get my email? I'm like, obviously not yet, not yet. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's a it's a it's a cool company, man. That and the way that we promote our artist formula, the SEO is, and I'm not trying to be like a nerd, but the SEO is so high on that, but that website gets like 10, over 10, 12,000 hits a month. So people just find it easily through Google and it works really well. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's cool. You asked, man. I mean, obviously it's attached to my name. So people always ask about it. But
0: Yeah. Well, I, I saw it at the bottom of your email and clicked on it and uh it looked pretty cool. You know, it looked like it, uh it looks like it's set up to try to, well, like you were talking about, help, help people make a better, a larger presence on social media and, on the uh, streaming platforms and things of that nature.
2: For sure. You know, it's, it's, if you're an artist and you don't want to invest in your own music, then it's like, well, get out of here. You know, mm. um, you know, it's, it's like any business, man. Like you guys have a podcast. I'm sure you guys have put you know a whole bunch of money into it. You know? So Brad
1: certainly bought a lot of equipment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? but I mean, but if you want to, you want to promote your your shit, you got to put money into it. That's it. Know? Yeah. I just can't stand it when artists are like, you know, I got the best song in the world, man. I'm like, I don't care. You know, like obviously at the end of the day, it is about the song because if you want to promote a song that's shitty, it's not going to do much. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I always go by the 90% sweat, 10% talent. Obviously, that 10% talent better be freaking awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, if you're not busting your balls every day and connecting, and you know, nothing's going to happen, man. You know, so um, that's artist form, man. So it's, I, I'll be honest, I'll be straight up honest to you though. When the Boons takes off, I'm putting Artist Formula to rest. I'm done with it. So I, I can't stand it anymore. So.
0: <laughs> just just too much?
2: It, yeah, man. It's just, yeah. you know, you deal with too many people. You got to deal you know, with artists. <laughs> and, their, and their egos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. You know?
0: Before we close this down, why don't you let our listeners know how they can, uh, if they want to follow your music more, where they can do that. If they're interested in Artist Formula, where they can do that. If they want some homegrown Boons bourbon, where they can get that.
2: Yeah, man. So uh, you can find the music Tyler dot com. Just look up Tyler Boone. It's you'll find it's pretty easy. Uh, you'll find the Boone's Bourbon right next to it. Just DrinkBoonsBourbon dot com. Uh, there is Boone County out there. We're not Boone County, and we are absolutely not Boone's Farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be Boone's Farm. Hell no. Um,
1: Strawberry Hill.
2: Oh man. Now, that'll you, that'll give you the worst hangover. Yeah, it'll <laughs> hurt you. <laughs> Big time. Uh, and then, uh, you know, what? I mean, if you want to order a bottle, you go to com. You can find it there. Bottle delivery. Thank you guys for buying one. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, it's, sir. It, it's not, it's like 60 bucks or something. It's not 60 bucks because we're making 60 bucks. It's because the online store is making all that yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, artistformula Formula, com. you know, hit us up on Instagram. I, I try to respond to everybody every day. So, um, on like even my personal Instagram, so you know I, I think that's important too, man. You know you should always be, uh, you know, interacting with people. Uh, how how do you, how did you guys find us? By the way, did I did I by any chance to watch your story? Is that what I did?
0: Maybe you did. I don't know. That's been a month or so ago, and I can't remember that <laughs> far back. <laughs> well,
2: that's that's uh that's one of our programs, right? And so that's what's incredible, right? That's why I get hit up all the time. Like if you're verified, if you're not verified, Instagram will see it, and it's no good. Um, you'll, you'll get, we'll, it'll, it'll kick us off. Um, you won't get deleted, but, um, and no one's ever been deleted through our programs. We're super, we work by all the rules and stuff, but, um, if you're verified, you can get on this thing called story view mode and I'm verified personally, mine's Tyler Booner as a, cause Tyler Boone was taken, <laughs> uh, is, uh, I'll go out and watch thousands of stories, thousands of stories a day. And so then people all the time are like, yo, what's up dude? You watch my story, you know, for some reason, man, and I'm not trying to be, if I could say dick, I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> but the world is so obsessed with social media; it's like sickening, right? Because uh, people are obsessed. They swipe up every day. Who's watching my story? Who's watching my story? Who's watching my story? Because I want to feel important, right? And so this program works insanely based off that. Like I haven't watched Social Dilemma yet, but I know that's got to be in there somewhere. You know what I'm talking about? That mm-hmm. documentary on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after 2020, man. Like yeah, everyone's it been up their- uh, I was just curious if we got got connected cuz I always connect with people cuz that program so yeah it could have been so whatever man but no matter what awesome to to connect you guys I am so excited if we get into Kentucky cuz we keep getting asked from uh stores to pick us up in Louisville and stuff
1: and mm-hmm.
2: we just haven't done it have you guys ever done anything with uh Fred Medic by any chance or no well, though, we
1: we know who he is uh definitely we had a uh some a friend of mine in recently who owns a bourbon company as well and nice. and Fred Menick uh, gave them a ridiculously good review as a yeah. matter of fact it, it's um it, it's Four Gates Whiskey Company and if you look look them up I, they they've got an advertisement where Fred Menick is the quote
2: yeah oh that's great what well, that's you know he he's kind of like a uh, the dude you know what yes I mean? yeah like, the the two guys I think they're very important is uh, Fred Menick and then the Whiskey Vault down in Texas.
0: I'm not familiar with the Whiskey Vault. No. I don't think.
2: So the whiskey they have the biggest uh, whiskey review YouTube channel.
1: Oh okay. Okay.
2: So if you get on that, that's who. So we got on that last year too, and you know we if you go if you if you YouTube Boone's Bourbon, you find these two guys and people and I I did some guys. Bourbon Jeeper was his name. Uh, Instagram Live, awesome dude. We went live on Instagram and tons of people tuned in, which was really neat. But he even brought that up and he's like, "Man, he's like, he was just like, fuck those guys, like, because you know everyone has an opinion, right? And so these guys like gave us a horrible review. They're called like Rock Cut Whiskey or something. And then when the Whiskey Vault guys reviewed us, they were like, "Oh yeah, we love that brand." And I was like, "Oh, you guys suck." <laughs> <laughs> but, but you have to learn you can't please everybody, and that goes with music and the bourbon world, you know. So. You, you got to like have blinders on, you know, and, and don't let that shit mess you up, you know, because, you know, you can, you can, one bad comment will last with you forever, you know.
0: So. Oh, yeah. Well, Tyler, when you get to Kentucky and you're, and you're sponsoring the festivals, don't forget your buddies at, at Top Hill Recording Podcast and hook us up and we'll come meet you.
2: Absolutely, man. Uh, we were supposed to play, do you know what it is? It's, um, they do like a, another event at like some huge epicenter. In Louisville, do you know I'm talking about?
1: Probably Kentucky yeah. Derby Festival stuff. Probably the uh, uh, chow, wagons chow wagons and stuff like that. Man, yeah. they have some awesome events.
2: So we were just we to do a whole bunch of stuff around it, man. It's going to be so cool. Before we wrap up, if it's cool, what's? I want to ask you two questions. What's your favorite brand, and then what are your thoughts on the boons?
0: So we get questions about our favorite brand a lot, and that's that's really hard for me to answer.
1: I, I I've got mine. Um, Buffalo Trace distillery is my favorite bourbon distiller and that, that's In my there. that's my best way to say it because i love almost everything even yeah. down to benchmark which is 899 80 proof <laughs> yeah is good so yeah I, I, and i love buffalo Trace, and, and my favorite has always been elmer t lee elmer t lee bourbon which was their master distiller for years but you can't find the stuff anymore then also, this Ford Gates Whiskey Company, which does, they do not cook the the juice the entire time themselves either. They are buyers and then they cook it for. Yeah, a, they source a, it. Yeah, they source it and then cook it for an extra, you know, uh, barrel it for an extra six months to however long, just based That's on cool. their flavor profile that they're looking for. So they had some really, really good stuff too. Quite amazing, really, that I think. Yeah, I
0: don't but know. I mean, you know, the bourbons that. That's always available that I like. I uh, I like Elijah Craig. I keep that around the house almost all the time. I, I like Bullet, 10-year-old. I like Old Forester 100 proof. Nice. There's a lot of them I like. Yeah. And I like a higher proof bourbon. So that's what I like about yours. I like that. And, uh, nice. you know, I like the sweetness.
1: There's definitely a, a flavor profile that uh, sustains. There's a sustainability about the taste with this Boone's. Yeah, For sure.
0: And we're not connoisseurs. We uh our yep. our rankings are like good and okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, our scales suck because we really just think it's all good. All we bourbon's know. good bourbon. We can't pull like
0: out that. We, we can't pull out flavors and you know, tell you, yeah, this has got a yeah, so, note of raisins and uh, <laughs> I can't I don't have that. I'm not that
2: it's banana and apple and all that bullshit. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. But yeah. I
1: tell you what, this is it's, just, it's Hold on, I'm gonna, I just made another uh, glass so I could have a sip as sweet. Yeah. Hold on. It's got a sweetness, but
0: you can taste the rye. You can taste the spiciness of the rye, too. I like it.
2: That's the thing. When people uh, who are not high-alcohol octane drinkers, they see the 117, they get a little, uh, you know? Oh, yeah. And then they, and they taste it, and they go, oh, you know? And then you have three of them, and you're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> But that's cool, man. I'm glad you guys like it. I like the, you know, you, you could just say like, you know, we, I could just tell decent and all right, you know.
0: <laughs> okay. right. Well, Tyler, man, we appreciate you coming on the show. It's been fun talking, and we're gonna go out with uh, getting high. And- no, wait,
1: getting. You can't say getting. getting
2: high.
0: It's getting, getting high, bro. So we're gonna go have <laughs> a we're gonna go have a getting high. And I, and, and I understand that's a uh, kind of an, an autobiography. Is that right?
2: Oh yeah, man. Yep. Uh, If you go to American Songwriter, they, that was a cool, that was a cool interview. Guy named Ken Torella. He's, he's like, he used to be like a big country radio guy. Now he writes for American Songwriter. It was just about me moving to Hollywood, man. If you, uh, if you watch the music video, it's really funny. It's like a, it's like a video game uh, because we couldn't shoot a music video. And so my buddy made me this like 16 bit, looks like Mario or Sonic the Hedgehog and it's me running around Hollywood drinking Boone's bourbon. And then when I drink the Boone's Bourbon, I turn into like Super Saiyan or something. My hair goes gold, <laughs> and I go flying around. And it's a really funny video. You should watch it.
0: <laughs> we will check that. Yeah, out. we'll do that. All right, Tyler. Thanks, man. Here it is. Getting high.